are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Wright Hillpiper. With me today, my co-host, LaShawn Daniels. And before we get into anything today, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your very first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. Uh, now, like I said, uh, I've got LaShawn Daniels, former Iowa running back with me on the podcast today. Got one very specific topic to cover today. Uh, as you know, when me and LaShawn are both on the podcast, we tend to get a little carried away uh, and spend 45 to 50 minutes talking to each other um, about whatever the the uh, topic is for that day. So we'll try to keep it uh, a little bit shorter for you guys. Uh, no story of the day today or anything like that. Just one one very specific topic, and that is the best and worst case scenario for the Iowa Hawkeyes football team this upcoming season. Now, I found an article yesterday uh, written on 24-7 Sports. I can't remember the, the name of the guy that wrote the article, um, but he went through and did the best and worst case scenarios for each Big Ten um, football team for this upcoming season. So we'll start out, uh, of course, with the best case scenario. He had Iowa um, best case scenario going 10-2. and two. Uh, overall in seven and two in the conference has losses uh, to Michigan and Ohio state wins over Minnesota and Wisconsin arguably are the most important of the season. Um, <clears throat> you know, if, if Iowa drops these games against Minnesota and Wisconsin, they're putting their chances of, you know, going back to a big 10 championship uh, in a little bit of jeopardy as well as um, he, he talked about, you know, if, if Iowa ends up losing to Iowa state, um, early in the season in week two, that could, you know, kind of make Iowa's chances to go back to back, um, sort of touch and go. So LaShawn, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, that sort of that 10 and two prediction and what, you know, what you think about that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, for starters, I mean, at this point in time in the all season, I mean, everyone's just trying to find something to talk about, right. Whether it's us, um, you know, other people in the media, um, you know, you're just trying to find something to talk about, just try to generate some hype because I mean, obviously football season is, is so far away. We still got, um, what, three, three months, four months until, until the start of the season. So we're just trying to fill in here, right. And talk about things. Um, and I mean, predictions, they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things really at all. Um, obviously it's nice. It's definitely nice to have, um, people think highly of your team um, before going into the season, right? I mean, you'd rather have them think highly of you um, than not. But um, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter um, because, again, it's going to be a new team that's going to roll out there this year, right? It's not the same team as 2021, um, not the same team as 2020, right? And so on and so forth, right? You got to, you're going to have new people in different spots. You got um, uh, new players coming in. Um, you're going to have guys that have gotten better at football, and guys have made the jump as well as um, several other teams, right, who are going to have players coming in that are going to be looking to obviously make the jump and make that next hump over different things, right? So um, obviously to have a prediction of 10-2 and two is an okay start, right? Preferably you 
want it to be undefeated, right? But obviously, you know that every single year, and especially being playing in the Big Ten, you're going to have a challenging, challenging schedule, no matter what. No matter what everyone may think of it, even if you, you know, may avoid a Ohio State or Michigan, um, uh, regardless, it's going to be a tough schedule because playing in the Big Ten, playing in any conference um, in college football, in Division One football, is, is, is going to be very difficult to go out there and pull out victories. Um, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of different things that are going to play a part of, you know, Iowa being successful. You know, that Iowa typically is going to have a really good defense and spectacular special teams, but it's all going to be falling back on the shoulders of the offense, right? Are they going to, this offense going to be able to produce in a way that's going to help keep the defense off the field and provide enough points to obviously win football games. So, a lot, of, a lot of questions, a lot of things that are going on um, in this offseason that people want to know and have answers to. Unfortunately, we got to wait until, until September. So, Absolutely. And I, I love your point of view on that as well, because you're, you're one of the few people that I know that is like predictions, like preseason predictions don't matter all that much. And I wish more people understood that too, because yeah, like you said, it's nice to have you know, experts and analysts or whatever you want to call them out there talking highly of your team, like all these teams, you know, definitely going to go undefeated or they're only going to lose one or two games. But in the grand scheme of things, you're absolutely right. Preseason ratings or um, predictions, I guess, aren't aren't as big as they seem to be um, granted. So it's it's tough to kind of overlook that thing and sort of go more in depth to what the team looks like, go into the depth chart and look at um, what they're, cause no, nobody has the time to go through and look at every single team on, on a game or on a team's schedule and be like, well, this is the player that's going to give us trouble. Like that's, that's the coaches and the players jobs. You know what I mean? Like it's not, not the fans jobs to go through the rosters and game film and all that sort of thing to kind of predict what's going to happen. So it's not, it's not something that gets done very often, which is unfortunate, but granted, you know, people want to hear about it. They want to hear about the predictions. And I, I obviously I like to hear about them, too, regardless of whether they mean anything or not. It's uh, it's not it's definitely nice to hear that um, there are some some analysts out there that are like, yeah, this Iowa team is going to come back and they're going to be just as good, if not better than they were last year, which is, you know, obviously great. But it's it's hard. And like you said, I mean, everybody's looking for stuff to talk about. There's no there's no major sports that's in season right now. Like you get for Iowa right now, it's I mean, for men's at least it's track. They're I mean, their track team is probably I mean, better than their baseball team is right now. I mean, their baseball granted third in the Big 10, but still um so Iowa doesn't have like a major sport um that's in season right now, so it's hard to find things to cover. And I'm I'm sure everybody out there listening that has also listened to any of my other episodes can tell you about that personally. It's it's hard to find it's hard to find very interesting stuff to cover. Um but obviously recruits help with that, commits help with that, um different, you know, random different things going on uh within programs and schools and stuff like that helps a lot. Uh but like you said, it's 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 hard to find stuff like this. Uh, now it is. So we have to rely on predictions and stuff like that and, you know, see what everybody else is talking about. See, uh, see what else, see what is getting everybody else fired up or not fired up, uh, about the upcoming season. And I mean, according to this guy from 24 seven, he's not concerned when it comes to the best case scenario of any of these other games. And me and you have talked extensively on the podcast before about, you know, Iowa's schedule and, you know, how we how, like score predictions, what, what our, what our thoughts on the record was going to be. And that's where I had Iowa at too, was 10 and two. 
um, losing to Michigan and Ohio State. Um, but obviously, it's 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 hard to say that um, when you're when you're not for sure. So one of the questions that I had for you, I had a list of questions for you today, uh, was do you think that Iowa has a legitimate shot to go in and, you know, beat a team like Ohio state or beat a team like Michigan? Because obviously we know that going into those games, Iowa is not going to be the betting favorite. Um, so what, you know, what do you, what do you think, LaShawn? How do you think these games are going to play out? Yeah. So (laughs) it's definitely, it's definitely tough to say, but I definitely do believe I was obviously going to have a really good shot um for mainly because they got a lot of guys coming back um both the offense side of football and defensive side of football so you're gonna have a lot of experience you're gonna have a lot of player guys that have played a lot of football and that have played in a lot of um high stakes football games right and that are going to be um anxious and ready for the opportunities um you know when they present themselves because i mean again it's not very often especially being on the west side of the big 10 it's not very often that you play in Ohio State and in Michigan, let alone play them both in the same season. Um, so those are definitely going to be uh, games that your guys, your players are going to want to um, be jacked up and ready for because um, not only does it feel good whenever you have a chance to play those teams and you actually get a chance and you beat those teams, um, for the guys that want to play at the next level, um, obviously there's going to be plenty of scouts and um eyeballs on that football game right because they want to scope out the kind of talent that is going to be available um so it's just going to be a great opportunity um but you know knowing iowa and the history uh really since um coach Ferris has been there right they usually always always play the blue buds of the big 10 you know extremely extremely tough um and obviously ohio state and michigan are no exception to that um it's very rare um, that you get an outcome that was like in the Big Ten title game, right? And I'm sure that's been cons- constantly in the back of their mind, especially, you know, as, as we're trying to find things to talk about, right? Even the players got to find, you know, things that kind of motivate them to uh, want to keep going hard in the offseason, right? And obviously, Iowa has a good culture, fantastic culture um, that, you know, the guys are going to come in, are going to work hard. But, you know, definitely having the extra motivation of, you know, when you think about the last time that you were out there, um, playing a Big Ten t- uh, football game, right, and really being embarrassed on national television, and you know, losing in a tough way in a bowl game, right? Like those aren't those aren't fun, <laughs> aren't the funnest memories, right? Yeah, have. exactly. So, um, you know, there's definitely going to be things that uh, kind of continue to motivate those guys moving forward. But again, I mean, we got so long until until those games, um, and and then the start of the season, so. Uh, but just knowing Iowa and, you know, knowing the way that we play our brand of football, it's definitely going to come down to, um, you know, doing the things that, uh, you know, Iowa does best and right. And forcing other teams to play, to play Iowa football versus the other way around. And that's usually how um, we have a bunch of success playing, playing teams like Michigan and Ohio State. Absolutely. And I mean, to what you said, I think that Iowa has a real shot to beat both of these teams. Granted, I think that Ohio State is going to be more of a challenge than Michigan is um, just based off of their recent history uh, as a college football playoff team. But neither of the games are going to be 
any easier than the other by any circumstances. I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, well, you know, if we, if we beat Ohio state, there's, I mean, there's zero shot we lose to Michigan or, you know, the other way around, whatever it is, but it's, it's two games that, and like I said, during, um, when we talked about score predictions and, um, our record predictions, it, it, these are the two games that scare me a lot for this season. And every team is going to lose a football game at some point. I I mean, if Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, talk about whatever football team you want, all of them have lost games before. Um, and these, these are the two games that I think that are, might get the better of the Hawkeyes this season, but that's not to say that they don't have a shot as well. Um, so to, to what LaShawn said, yeah, there's, there's a shot that, that Iowa can beat both of these teams. Maybe Iowa will go undefeated this season. Who knows? Maybe Iowa will win two games this season. Nobody knows. And that's why the, that's why these preseason predictions don't hold, you know, as much credit and, um, as much merit as a lot of people think that they do because every, every team's going to be different every single year. Like you said, um, there's guys on this Iowa team that aren't returning. There's guys on Michigan that aren't returning. There's guys on Ohio state that aren't returning. And several of them went to the NFL. So it's all of, all of the teams in the big 10 have lost quite, or I mean, combined anyway, I've lost quite a few very, very talented players. So it, it kind of opens up the conference a little bit to, um, a little bit more interpretation for those guys that are going to be coming in. Um, to fill those spots so it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how these games turn out and I I mean I wish the best for the Hawkeyes obviously Um, but like I said these are these are the games that just uh, send shivers down my spine I don't want to think about them I don't want to think about them until the week before you know what I mean Um, but you know win or lose we'll be we'll be back here on the podcast to do you know uh, game game recaps you know win or loss whether whether Iowa loses by 42 against uh, Michigan, or if they beat Michigan by 42, we'll be back here on the podcast to talk about all that. Um, and I'm sure that LaShawn will be on for a lot of those game recaps because I, I mean, there's, there's no better person out there related to locked on than, than LaShawn to come on and talk about a game, college football game recaps, especially in division one. There's nobody out there who knows more about it. So, um, Anyways, we, we've got to get into the worst case scenario at some point. I don't want to talk about it. I'm sure you don't want to talk about it, but it's, it's something that's got to be done. But before we get into that, I do really, really quick need to talk about Built Bar. Um, Built Bar has these new things called birthday cake puffs. They taste almost exactly like dipping your hand into a tub of that, like birthday cake or like, uh, Funfetti frosting, you know, that you get down at the grocery store. They're also covered in 100% real chocolate, and you can make every day feel like your birthday when you're eating this. And on top of that, they are healthy as well. Within 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and 9 grams of sugar. It's a limited time flavor, so you got to get your hands on it now. We can't promise it's going to be there uh, tomorrow, so you better go get it today. Once again, all of them are covered in 100% real chocolate, and right now, Built.com has a uh, a deal going on with Locked On. We have a promo code for you guys to use at checkout. That is Locked15 to get 15% off your order at checkout. Once again, that is Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to go get 15% off your order at Built.com. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, the worst case scenario for the Hawkeyes this season. 24-7 Sports has their worst case scenario at 5-7 and seven overall, 3-6 and six in the conference, uh, with losses to Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa State. Um, and I, we talked about it earlier. They're not going to be the betting favorites versus um, teams like Michigan and Ohio State. But 
obviously Iowa has one of the toughest schedules in the Big Ten, and that is not something that I will leave up for debate whatsoever. If you go through, you look at the Big Ten, you look at the schedules, Iowa has one of the toughest schedules in there. And like you said, it's not not every year that Iowa has to come in and play Michigan and Ohio State in the same season. So it's Iowa has an extremely, extremely tough road ahead of them, if you would like to say. Um, and 24-7 sports seems to think that if Iowa does lose to Iowa State, granted it's week two, Keep that in mind. If you know, twenty four seven seems to think that if Iowa loses to Iowa State, Iowa's going to be sort of touch and go for the rest of the season when it comes to being able to get to a bowl game or to a Big Ten championship game. And granted, if Iowa doesn't make it to the Big Ten championship game, it's not the end of the world. But if Iowa doesn't make it to a bowl game at all, let alone the Big Ten championship, that's going to be raising some questions from a lot of people, myself included, because I'm going to want to know what's going, what you know, what went wrong, what's going on. So, you know, what what are your thoughts on the whole five and seven thing? Why why what what could make somebody think that a team like Iowa coming off of a Big Ten championship loss, granted, what what would make somebody think that they could possibly go five and seven at this point? Yeah. Um... That's definitely a, a good question because uh, you look at Iowa and you look at the brand football that we play, right? We play very, very tough defense, we play great special teams, and then we score enough points on offense, right, to win, to win the ball game. And I think that's the part that gives a lot of people pause. It's just the offense really hasn't progressed as much as, I know for a fact I would have liked it to, you know, um, over the over the years, and I'm sure as much as the coaching staff would have liked it to at this point, right? I mean, it seems like almost it seems like almost every year at the defense, in some way, shape, or form, is does bail us out uh, on several number of different occasions. Um, which is granted, that's part of team football, right? That, that's called complementary football um, when one part of the ball isn't. Um, you know, really doing what they know that they can do. It's it's part of the other side to, to pick up that slack, right? But, you know, knowing how football is starting to evolve and knowing how, um, you know, strong offenses are getting um, each year, right? It's, it's tough to see Iowa really, you know, not take that jump offensively, right? No matter how good your defense is, right? It, it can be tough to win that when that brand of football all the time. And we kind of saw it a little bit um, last year, right, with Iowa and, and the really the games that we lost. Um, you know, it was just a lot of pressure that was put on the defense, right? And, you know, the offense really just couldn't hang up and hold their uh, part of the bargain. So that, that, I know for a fact, is definitely a part that plays a piece into why people might not be as highly – on Iowa as they may be other teams, right? Because then you look at a team like last year, like Georgia, right? I mean, obviously they had a really, really good defense and their offense wasn't spectacular, right? But their offense is able to put up points, right, when need to be um, to win football games, right? And although Iowa has, I'd like to think, I'd like to say that they have consistently, right, a top defense in the country, um, the offense just really hasn't been able to, to make that jump, right? And that's something that's, I'm going to be looking um, for the, the guys to be able to do this season. I'm sure many of the people listening and as well as uh, the players in the building, the coaching staff and the fans around the country are going to be looking for the offense to make that jump, right? And 
Um, you mentioned that, you know, it, losing a game early in the season can definitely feel like a, a, a true gut punch, especially losing to Iowa State, right, being so early in the season. And I know that when we talked about schedules, um, you know, several weeks back, right, that the best teams are going to make, you know, a big jump, right, from week one to week two, and they're going to continue to improve each week, right? So if you look at a team and, you know, they look kind of okay, you know, week one, and then they don't improve at all that following week, right, then you're going to start to raise some questions regardless of whether um, they won the football game or not, right? Um, because, again, you want to see teams make that, make that, make that jump, right? And it felt like there was times – last year, like where the defense was consistently making that jump, right? I mean, they had their defense was the defense was playing so well that they benched several quarterbacks um throughout the year, right? Because their defense was playing so well. Um, but the offense just never really, you know, they never really made that that jump, right? And that's gonna be, I feel like, really, really the key for, for the Iowa football team this year, um, and, and their success. Just because the teams that they're going against this year, um especially the way that they end the season with basically like three rivalry games. And then you have, um, you know, you got a Purdue, you got a Northwestern, you got an Ohio state, right. To finish the season like that is definitely not going to be, not going to be easy. So um, you're definitely going to want to see that improvement week to week, especially on the offensive side of football, because I feel like offense is really going to be the driving force um, on Iowa success. If they make that to take that next jump. Right. So, who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, it's been like a decade since you know Iowa hasn't made a bowl game, and I don't really see that um, happening this year. So, I I am very glad you brought the offense up um, because it's it has raised some questions this off season throughout spring ball and now going into summer workouts and stuff like that. There have been a lot of questions raised about you know Iowa's ability to perform consistently on offense and now don't take this the wrong way this is no discredit to you but Iowa's defense has usually been a little bit you know at a higher level than the offense has been in the last few years um like I said no no disrespect to you at all uh, as a former player um but that's how it's been the last couple of years coming out of spring ball especially Iowa's defense has been uh, a few steps ahead of the offense but I mean over the last two, three years, Iowa has had a lot of guys come back that have had a lot of experience playing. And now this year playing or going into um, this season with three guys in the linebacker core um, that that it's projected to be one of the best linebacking cores in the entire country. Um, obviously the defense is going to be a little bit ahead of the offense at this point. We don't have, you know, a star quarterback or, you know, wide receivers that are going to go number one overall or anything like that. Um, but we've, we've got a lot of big names on defense. So it's, it's, it's definitely hard to ignore the questions on offense. And I've tried my best to answer as many as I can here. Um, but I have my doubts about the offense as well. I obviously have less doubts about the defense. I'm very confident in Iowa's defense. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few eyebrows that have, that were raised, especially during spring ball about Iowa's offense. Hopefully they can pick that up. Um, obviously, like you said, there's zero way to tell, um, without seeing games from this coming season. And obviously we're going to have to wait for those. 
Um, but I'm, I'm excited to get into this football season, especially, you know, being able to bring you on the podcast. I'm, I'm excited to see how this goes because I'm, I'm probably going to bring up this episode specifically quite a bit. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions on offense. And I think that Iowa does have a very good chance of, you know, going this best case 10 and two, uh, seven and two in the conference record. If the offense can, you know, pull their own weight and make sure that they're doing, you know, the jobs that they need to do as well. And maybe they can even improve, maybe go 11 and one, 12 and oh, you know, depending on whether or not Ohio state decides to be good this year. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see them being bad. Um, I think their best case scenario uh, was projected to be 12 and oh, and I think their worst case was maybe like seven or eight wins. So it's, it's, it's going to be tough and I'm excited to see it, you know, all play out, but the offense is the offense needs work. And the defense does too. Don't get me wrong. The defense needs work as well. Um, but there's, there's definitely a lot more questions to do uh, with the offense right now um, rather than, you know, the defense going into this upcoming season and summer workouts as well. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm very nervous uh, to see how this plays out. Um, so I do have a few questions for you as well. Don't think I don't think I'm letting you go yet. Uh, before we get into those questions really quick, I want to talk about bet online. Our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all of your sporting wagering and betting sports info. You can find all of the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball scores, UFC fights, and even next season's NFL futures bet online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more so head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action once again that is betonline.net it is where the game starts now the questions that i have for you i could not possibly remember all of them so i have them written down um and I wanted to mention this earlier. I didn't get to mention this earlier, but Kirk Ferentz, since taking over, I believe his first season of official head coaching was 1999, the 1999 season. Uh, he has had three seasons in that time period where Iowa has had less than six wins, which is a pretty good, pretty good, you know, um, pretty good outstanding record to have. Those three seasons were his first two years where they went one and ten. And what, what was the other one? One and 10 and three and nine, uh, in 1999 and 2000. And then obviously 2012 where they went four and eight. I will not bring up the 2012 season again on this podcast because it haunts me to this day. Uh, I was a very early <laughs> Iowa fan back in those days and I will not, I refuse to bring up that season. Um, it it's, Anyways, I didn't know enough about football back then to know what was going on, but I was very confused as to why Iowa was not good that year. But we won't talk about that. That's not what today's episode is about. Um, so, like I said, a couple of questions that I have for you. Um, does I Do you think that as of right now, does Iowa deserve to be in the top 25? Like preseason-wise, do they, do they deserve to be there? Um, so if you're basing it off of body of work, um, last season, um, without a doubt, obviously they deserve to be in the top 25, right? Um, but honestly, like going into the season, honestly, I feel like no one is honestly deserving of being in the top 25 ranking. Um, <clears throat> really just because, again, no one's played football, right? I mentioned at the beginning of the season, no one's played any real football. No one, again, you have so many different moving pieces and, and calls football. And 
you know, really outside of, you know, maybe your top four teams, right? You have every year, right? You have Alabama, you got a, um, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, um, you know, Clemson usually most of the time, right? Like outside of like those few, right? It's there's so many other different teams that that find their ways into the top ten or that were ranked in the preseason that find themselves unranked right to finish the season. Right. So I feel like there's so many different things going on. So I feel like really feel honestly feel like no one is honestly deserving of it. And I'd much rather just have it be just hey, just let their let their play um determine that and you know come November, right, when the Colts football rankings first come out, right? Then now you're like, okay, now where are we at? Like what like how do we look now? Because um that's really when when things start to matter, right? It doesn't really matter, right, when you have, you know, um, early in the season when you have two top five teams playing against each other because, hey, you might find yourself in a situation just like like we did last year, right, when we were playing Penn State. And, again, it was a top five matchup. And, you know, obviously several weeks later, right, Penn State found themselves unranked, right, and we found ourselves – um, you know, outside the top 15, right? So, like, none of those rankings honestly matter. And if you, but if you are basing it off a of body of work from last year, yeah, I would most definitely deserve to be in the top 25. But, and, and all honestly, um, going into every single season, no team deserves to be in the top 25, um, until, you know, games are honestly, honestly played. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you said, you said um, just a second ago about how there, you know, any team can come into the top 25 and be a contender in the preseason. And that got me thinking about Cincinnati and Wake Forest, uh, because I had never heard of Wake Forest before this, before this past season. I knew, I knew that Cincinnati was there, but I didn't think that they mattered. Um, and then uh, I, I mean, I had never heard of Wake Forest before. Um, so yeah, there's, I mean, any, any given team, any given day, any given year can, you know, outperform somebody else. But like you said, it top 25 predictions, they don't matter right now. You can, you can put Alabama at one and you could put Alabama at 25 and it's not going to matter. People are going to be upset if you put them that way, um, but it's, those those don't matter as of right now. And I, I wanted to get your take on that because if, yeah, if you base it solely on, on last year's performance, yeah, I think they deserve to be there. Um, I think, I mean, USA Today uh, has the Hawkeyes ranked as number 11 in their preseason uh, top 25, but um, CBS Sports has them not ranked at all. So there's there's too much there's too much variation between you know whatever these websites are whether it's 24/7 or CBS Sports or USA Today there's there's too much variation because everybody's list is going to be different there's always like you said there's always going to be those you know select few teams that are always going to be up there uh, within top ten top five uh, sort of thing but with I mean w- there's just too much variation you can't you can't get a level read on things and like you said it none of this matters until we see everybody play. Because, I mean, Alabama could go back to the early 2000s days where they won three and four games a year and Iowa could go undefeated and win a national championship. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anything, anything's possible. Anything can happen. So it's, it's tough to say. But I, I agree with that. If, if you go based off solely off last year's, I think they deserve to be in the top 25, maybe in the top 15. Um, but it's, it's all up to speculation at this point. We won't know for a few more months whether or not Iowa actually deserves to be there or not. So we'll just have to wait on that and see. Um, 
where do you think Iowa will finish the season ranked? Do you think they'll be in the top 25? Do you think they'll be out? Do you think they'll be in the top 10? Where, where are you thinking? Yeah. Um, again, you know, it's hard to say, but I will say that, you know, I feel like the things that Iowa has been doing, uh, you know, really over the past few years has been very, very good, right? They've found themselves every single year. I mean, usually, right, you're competing – right, for a Big Ten West title. But I feel like, um, you know, really over the past few years, right, it's really been something that it's like, hey, it's like they've been kind of teeter-tottering, right, between either winning it or just coming in second um, and just missing it, right? And um, you know that if you're – most years, if you win the Big Ten West, right, you're going to finish the season, right, um, without a doubt. And I feel like uh, um, the staff has definitely been doing doing some great things. Um, and – you know, I really can't see that see that changing, right? I mean, we've seen that. We've seen it in recruiting a little bit. Um, and we've seen it on the football field as well. So I don't see them really taking that step back, honestly, um, especially knowing the, the amount of guys that are having to come back this season um, that have played a lot of football. So, you know, I would obviously anticipate them being able to finish the season ranked, um, especially if they're continuing on the, tra- on the trajectory that they've been you know, really over the past few years. Um, but again, you, you, you never know, right? Um, uh, football is a dynamic, dynamic game and year to year, week to week, and even day to day things change. So, um, but I'm definitely hoping that they would finish the season um, as a top team for sure. Absolutely. And I, I do want to apologize. I know that a lot of the questions I'm asking you can't really be, you know, answered until we <laughs> see them play. And I'm sure everybody yeah. listening is is saying the exact same thing. So I, I mean, I obviously our opinions about where Iowa is going to finish are fairly similar in some way. Um, but we, we both agree that there's no, there's no way to tell until, you know, people actually play. Now, yeah. one thing that I want to say, I, I only want your opinion on this. Do you think that do you think that Iowa will finish better or over than five hundred? Over five hundred? Do you think they'll finish over seven fifty? You know what? Are, what are you thinking here? Because I don't I don't think that there's a single chance that Iowa's going to finish below five hundred, right? Yeah. And I don't think there's yeah. a good chance that they'll finish below seven fifty. But you know what? What do you think? Yeah, I definitely. They're definitely not going to finish under five hundred. They finish under five hundred. Uh, it how definitely would not want to be in that building for sure. I mean, I might, ha- I might have to quit the podcast. They finish below <laughs> five hundred. I might, I might have to quit the podcast. We went, we went seven and six in twenty fourteen, and it was miserable. <laughs> it was miserable <laughs> in the complex. So I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being under five hundred. And I mean. Coach Ferentz has done such a great job, right? He's only been under 500 three times in, you know, a 20-plus year career at Iowa. So, um, no, no. I'm just going to leave it at that. No, they're not going to finish under 500. Um, even though I'm not going to say we haven't seen them play, but I'm fairly, fairly confident they're not going to finish under 500. Um, 750, again, I feel like they've been on such a great trajectory over the past few years, right? We've seen flashes of you know, real greatness, right, where they could be considered, you know, on a consistent basis as a top five team, right? Um, and if you can get that consistent play a little bit more, right, I feel like there's no reason, right, they don't finish over 750 as well. So that, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Absolutely. And you you said you said something to the fact that, like, 
back in 2014, you guys went seven and six and that, that locker room, that sort of facility mentality was a little not great. I can't even imagine what it was like in 99 when they went one in 10. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to imagine what it was like. Granted, it was, it was Ferentz's first year of coaching. You know, he had to, you know, he had to take over for Hayden Fry, but I, I mean, I don't even like, I didn't even like being in the locker room after losing a home football game in high school. You know what I mean? Everybody, nobody's talking, everybody's silent. There's, there's no, there's no phones out. There's no music playing. There's nothing. Every, nobody wants to say anything because you know, the first person that talks, everybody's just going to unload on them. You know what I mean? So I, I can't, yeah. ah, it gives me, gives me chills thinking about what it must've been like, um, after going and seven and six, that's, that's a winning record. That's not yeah. terrible. You know what I mean? I just, <laughs> ah, I can't even yeah. imagine, but Iowa has built the tradition of that. They're going to be a, you know, a fairly decent team year after year. So I, I can imagine it's probably not fun being in, being in those facilities after something like that happens. <laughs> No, not at all. Not at all. Um, it didn't help that we didn't win a single rivalry game that year. So that definitely made it a little bit worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, those seasons happen from time to time. I don't think we'll see it this year. Um, even, you know, even with the schedule that Iowa's got um, playing those two very, very, you know, big schools, um, even within the Big Ten. Um Everybody, I, I haven't seen one story, one article or anything like that of anybody saying that they have a chance to beat Michigan or Ohio State this year. Everybody's saying, oh, you know, I was going to go 10 and 2. There's no way they're going to beat them. There's no way they'll go 11 and 1 or undefeated, whatever it is. But there's also nobody out there saying that they're going to finish less than 10 and 2. You know what I mean? Other than this worst case scenario thing. And that was done for every team in college or every team in the Big Ten, at least. Nobody, nobody's really out there doubting Iowa either. And we talked yeah. about it too. And I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast right now. The biggest questions have to do with the offense. Um, but the defense is, is pretty set where they're at. Obviously there's, there's stuff that needs to be fixed with that as well. Um, as, as far as, as far as special teams goes, my guy, Tory Taylor, he's going to cook it up this year. It's no doubt. Tory Taylor is an absolute beast. And I, I need to get him on the podcast really bad. I've wanted to talk to him for so long. Um, <laughs> granted, he's only a punter, but you know what? I wanted to be a punter once too. So Superstar punter. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Superstar <laughs> punter. He's Man, that, that guy is something else. I've, I've seen his interviews, and he's, he's an interesting guy for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than the offense, there's not a whole lot of questions um, circling around how good Iowa is going to be this year, how bad they're going to be or whatever. Um, so I think that, I think that 10 and two, um, is a fair, you know, a fair estimate of where they'll finish at. Um, I think that obviously 12 and O is the best case scenario, uh, for Iowa this season. And I think everybody should think that, but I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say about the worst case scenario. I mean, like Wisconsin's kind of touch and go with Iowa, Minnesota, I always had Minnesota's number for a while now. I think they've, they've won the last seven meetings against Minnesota. Um, and then there's Michigan, there's Ohio state. And I don't, I mean, I don't think Iowa's going to lose against Iowa state. Iowa state just lost a starting quarterback, a starting running back and a starting tight end all to the NFL. Also, uh, shout out Brock Purdy for going to the Niners. You're he's my boy. Um, <laughs> now anyways. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't see Iowa taking, taking an L against Iowa state, especially this year, if they could beat out, you know, Brock Purdy and Brees Hall last year, I don't, I don't think they'll give them, give them, uh, any more troubles than they did. 
Um, but that was, that was definitely a fun game to watch last year and it will be another fun game to watch this year. So, but I think the main, the main, uh, mantra of today's episode is that you can't, you can't say anything with certainty until you see him play. It's just, it's how it is. It's how he's always been. And some people take these predictions, these preseason predictions a little bit too seriously. Um, I mean, I still even get a little heated about it. Like, don't come in here saying we're going to lose to Iowa state. Come on now. That's, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Um, but yeah, like, like we've said, it's, it's all up to speculation. Nothing's nothing's set in stone. We, we can't tell you anything for certain until the season uh, gets underway and we see how good Iowa is this year. But I think we're running into about the 40 minute range. So I think we'll get out of here. Um, so I want to thank LaShawn Daniels for coming on the podcast today. It's always a pleasure to get to sit down, talk Iowa football with him. He knows miles more than I do about this Iowa football team. He's been a part of it, uh, before he's played for him. So he's, he's definitely got a little bit more knowledge up there about Iowa football than I do. Um, so it's always great to have him on the podcast and we'll have him back on here, uh, soon as well. Uh, LaShawn, is there anything that you would like to say? No, nah, man, it's always a good time. Uh, you know, you know, pod talking Hawks, uh, Hawkeye football. So nah, thank you. Thank you. And go Hawks as always. Yes, absolutely. And you guys know every time me and LaShawn are both on here, we're going to have, we're going to run 40, 45 minutes. That's just how it is. Um, we only had one topic today. I thought this was going to be a 20 minute episode. Uh, but we got, we got to riffing a little bit. It went, went a little long, but you know, who cares? Uh, I'm sure the, I'm sure the fans of the podcast enjoy it. So thank you all for tuning into today's episode. You can follow me and LaShawn on Twitter at Rye Hill and at LaShawn Daniels Jr. Uh, Twitter, if you're listening, please verify me. LaShawn is verified and I'm not, and that's not cool. Please fix that. Um, anyways, that being said, go follow Locked on Hawkeyes on Twitter as well. That's at Locked on Iowa. Once again, thank you all for tuning in today's episode, and I will see you all tomorrow.